I live in a very hot and humid place. So no, I I just cannot have any. <laughs> you don't want to knit a scarf. Like, I, see, I see sweaters and I'm like, that's lovely. I will wear that one day out of the year. Welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast. I'm Christy Meyer, your host, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and plenty of books to keep your TBR piles toppling. So grab a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, my cozy friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so thrilled for today's episode because we are going to have a delicious conversation with the author of the Caribbean Kitchen Mysteries. That's right, Raquel Reyes is with us today. I'm such a huge fan of her books. So welcome to the show, Raquel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank oh you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Like I said, I have enjoyed the books in this series just so much. I can't wait to chat with you about them today. And I wondered if you just want to kick off the conversation by letting our listeners know what the Caribbean Kitchen Mysteries are all about. Absolutely. So our main character is Miriam Quinones. She has a PhD in food anthropology. She's uh, moved back to Miami in book one. She's moved back to Miami after finishing up her PhD. Uh, she's got her young family with her. Um, and um, she moves back to her husband's childhood neighborhood. And I just have to tell you that he is kind of a founding family, um, kind of a family that he comes from. And there's a lot of tension between Miriam, who's Cuban-American, and um her husband's mother in the first two books mm -hmm. um, that I have a lot of fun with. Um, but I mean, it's called the Caribbean Kitchen Mystery for a reason because Miriam's area of study is foods in the Caribbean. How did those foods get there? How did they change? The Caribbean is huge. It's got so many different islands and so many different cultures that are different, but have, uh, have sharedness to them also. And so I get to have a lot of fun talking about the foods of the Caribbean, along with solving, you know, a murder uh -huh. or two or a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> two, I had a, quite a few little things to solve, but anyhow. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're here for in the cozy mystery genre is food and solving murders, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <gasps> yes. And I just enjoy this series so much. The food descriptions are wonderful. The characters are alive. And I do just find it so fascinating that Miriam did study food anthropology. You incorporate so many interesting facts that she knows into the books. So can you tell us what food anthropology is? Sure. It is an actual thing. Some people were like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that it's, it actually exists. It's, it's the coolest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, an anthropologist studies cultures, right? And they can be cultures current or they can be cultures historically, right? Um, there's something known as a forensic anthropologist. Anyhow, um, 
So a food anthropologist just takes the mix of food and culture. Okay. Uh So how do, how do food and culture intersect? Um, How does food influence the society? How does food influence politics? Um, How does it change how we live and work? So all those little intersections of food and culture. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating. I had no idea what food anthropology was. I didn't know it was a real thing until I read these books. And it's so cool that the way that you incorporate some of the information throughout the series so far. And I'm wondering what one fact you learned while doing the research for this series was that you found particularly interesting. Um, you know, I that's the great thing. When I chose to um, start this series and write this, um, I love culinary uh, cozies, mm-hmm. but I am not a baker. Um, I'm not, um, I don't spend a lot of time, um, I lo- spend a lot of time looking at recipe books. I don't uh-huh. necessarily spend a lot of time cooking from <laughs> recipe books. I'll just say that. But I love going to a grocery store and, or or an open air market and looking at the different foods and thinking about how seasonal they are and how, why we would eat them or how we would eat them and, and those things. So um, that was one of the reasons why I, I chose it is is also, you know, I live in Miami, which is the gateway to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I love Caribbean food. And I knew that I would always be interested in doing the research for my stories um, if I said it with food anthropology in the Caribbean. That said, it doesn't, I don't have anything against um, cupcakes. I love cupcakes. People could bring me cupcakes. I will eat the cupcakes, Uh but I just can't bake and write a lot about cupcakes. Sure. (laughs) So that's the reason why I chose it. But one of you asked me, what was one of the things that I um, found? So in this, uh, the third book, uh, which will be coming out um, in in, um, November of 2023, um, I had to, there was this one scene that she's in, um, a museum in in um, in Puerto Rico, and I have that there is like a diorama of Daim, which were the indigenous people um, of uh, uh, when uh, they had first contact with uh, the co- uh, the colonialists who came and, and the the Spanish and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still Taino blood there, but that's a whole other story. Um, so I I was like, okay, I want to talk about food and the Tainos. What am I going to do? I researched. You know, I found out, oh, what I thought was um, indigenous wasn't. It actually came over um, or it came from um, uh, uh, South America, uh, Uh you know, with other trade and so forth. But so I'm doing all this research because I want to be able to write this diorama with details and so forth. So I found out a couple of things. I found out that there were several um, species of um, small mammals that became extinct because um, the colonists came over and the demand for food was so high and, mm-hmm. and anyhow. So I was like, okay, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I found that they had a, um, the indigenous of the island had a dog that they call, it was called a mute dog only because it didn't bark. Like I didn't even know that. I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. I found out how they, they, they cook in, I mean, they farm in a passive way. So they, they make these conical mounds of dirt and the food is in there and, and the, the seeds and the roots are in there and they grow up and the conical creates, helps contain moisture and create heat that allows the thing to germinate. I was like, okay, that's all very, very, very interesting. But the one thing that I was truly like, you know, my jaw dropped is that I didn't know the Caribbean had a seal. Oh. 
Interesting. I didn't know that. I did not know that. It had, um, well, there, a monk seal. It was a, a, a cousin, I guess, of the monk seal. It was called the Caribbean monk seal. Okay. And um, yeah, and I was just like, that is very interesting. So yeah, because I love, I love the water. I love um, all of the these like creatures, and you know, uh-huh. I live near Biscayne Bay, and I can occasionally get to see manatees. Oh, and, fun! You know, oh, it's just magical. And I was just like, oh. I wish I could see seals too. Now that I know right. that there used to be seals, I'm like, oh yeah, anyhow. Oh, that's fascinating, and I I love the way that you incorporate like not just information about the food and the location, but like also the history. Like the way you do it is just it's brilliant, it's entertaining, it's oh, interesting, and that's one of my favorite parts of the books. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. And, you know, one of the things that I love about Cozy Mysteries in general is that they frequently make women who are middle-aged and older the heroes of the stories. And we don't see that a lot in a lot of other genres. Um, And I just love that in these books, Miriam is a mom. She's already somewhat settled in life. So how did you approach the task of choosing what her age was going to be and then developing her character? Sure. So like I said, she's a PhD. She's just finished, um, you know, getting that, um, finishing her dissertation and so forth and been awarded that. Um, and I was like, well, I can't make her too young mm-hmm. and I can't make her too old. And I, I need her to still have some of the constraints of a, of a new career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because she's got to have this time off to go sleuth, right? Right. You know, and so that was a little um, piece of the puzzle that I was trying to figure out. But I also knew that, you know, sometimes in um, Cozy Mysteries, one of what we call the B story or the secondary story mm-hmm. is a romance. You know, maybe right. the main character falls in love with the um, the the handsome uh, uh, police officer or, you know, or the ex-FBI or, you know, sometimes right. there's... There's that component in there. I knew that I would not enjoy writing that. That would like become a little tedious for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to already be in her, like have that part of it solved and to then deal with what it means to be in a marriage that requires work. Cause I'm mm-hmm. a believer that whatever partnership that you have, both people have to equally put in and you constantly have to work at it and tweak it and so forth. And I said, Absolutely. well, that's interesting. That that will create some, some tension, right? And so instead of it being like this um, yearning romantic tension, right? It's a kind of older mature tension, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, miscommunications. It's, um, you know, kind of newfound excitement occasionally uh, or finding ways to get over, uh, you know, just being tired at the end of the day because yeah. she does have a kid. Yeah. And, and um, so I just chose to go at it from a different angle um, because I thought, well, we haven't really seen that. And I don't need to, I don't want to ha- spend seven books working on her relationship. So, plural because there probably mm-hmm. would have been many right you know right so i don't know you don't always find the the person that you're going to be with the first time out right yeah <laughs> and exactly so, and so um i had them already established and i already had them um with, with a kid and um 
because that also puts some constraints on when and how she can sleuth, you know? And I love mm -hmm. that. Um, I remember when I was reading um, Cozy's, when I first really got into them, kind of like probably in my college years, maybe, maybe late high school, early college years, I don't know. Um, there was this one series that I found that was called the Mommy Track series. Oh, uh -huh. and, and I loved it because, you know, she was out there with a stroller. She was a, um, the main character um, had been a lawyer and she took time off uh, with the kids and she kind of missed being a lawyer. And yeah. it isn't that she didn't love her kids, but I just love the honesty yeah. of that. And and so my cozy series and most of everything I write, um, you know, has a, a foot in reality um, and it has a foot in talking about the things that we deal with on a daily basis, you know, and um, so, yeah, that's true for for Miriam and her relationship with her husband and her kid. Yeah. And her mother-in-law for that fact. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, the relationship dynamics are are fascinating in the series. And I just I I loved the you made Miriam the age that she is cuz I feel like um middle-aged women or women who are moms are so frequently uh, overlooked. They they become invisible in society and movies and books and media. So to have your main character be that is not only like relatable, but it's just like, yes, we need more of this in the books that we read. Well, and, she's, and she wants to continue her career. Mm -hmm. um, and tr true in the first book, she kind of pivots and goes, still uses her degree, but goes into a direction that she didn't know she was going to go to, right. but she falls in love with it. Um, but you, that, that, that doesn't have to be her only um, identity. She's not just a mother, you exactly. know, and especially in the first book, um, I make sure that I talk about like childcare, mm -hmm. her workplace has a childcare on it. So, you know, we need more of that just Absolutely. in general as a society to help everyone, you know, yeah. you need to be able to like, oh, drop the toddler off and then go do your work day and then pick the toddler up. You know, we need those support systems. And um, she finds those support systems in the world that I've, I've built for her, mm -hmm. of course, but also, you know, in um, the family and friends. And as the series goes on, you're going to see more and more of that, um, those village and that connection and that family that she makes that, you know, that we all need to help us do the things we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And I do love that Miriam is uh, exploring like uh, a new career field in these books because um, she's still like learning and growing. And I, I, I really liked seeing somebody who is uh, somewhat settled in life, but is still learning and growing and trying new things. Like life isn't over as soon as you turn 25, you know what I mean? But it, exactly. it is so often in literature. So I just thought that was, was brilliant. And I really, really liked that you did that. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, exactly. She's only 32. Oh my goodness. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. she's like just getting started in exactly. her whole thing, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, she's so great. And I do have to say that uh, her relationship with her husband is just is lovely. I love reading about them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's some, there's some honesty, especially in the first one, you mm -hmm. know, about um, just miscommunications and you come into a new town and one person's really excited about it and the other person isn't so excited about it. And that can kind of create a chasm sometime. Right. But how do they come back around? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And work through. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You just include some very important conversations in the series about privilege, class, race, discrimination, and you also include some important historical facts like we mentioned, and they do really bring those issues to light. So if there was any one idea or theme that you'd like readers to walk away from these books with, what would it be? Wow. You know, that's a hard one. I've got quite a bit that goes on here. Mm -hmm. Um, in the books because um, I I just, you know, that's what's in our news right now. And that's what uh, a lot of us have to live with on the daily. Um, but I just think it's so important to open. I hope that these stories, because Cozy has a comfort level to it. And, you know, just as in romance where you're promised a happily ever after, in a cozy mystery, you're promised justice served, right? right? And so in my mind, if you're reading a mystery, you are on the side of justice. Mm-hmm. So it's there's not just criminal justice, there's social justice too. Absolutely. So I hope that my books allow people to enter into these subjects, you know, examine them, examine how they react and relate to these things. Mm-hmm. And then possibly have those conversations with the people in their lives. Yeah, I I think your books do a brilliant job of uh, maybe taking some some readers who aren't really ready to open their mind to someone just saying this specific thing is happening to me. Because then you also say like this specific thing is happening to this character. And here's the historical information that demonstrates the history of that and why it's happening today and why it's been a problem. So I just feel like people who maybe were hesitant to like open their minds and listen to people, the way that you wrote it makes them want to do that a little bit more. And not that people should have to back up what they're saying with historical facts, but for some people it does just kind of break down that barrier a little bit more. I hope so. I mean, I think that if you're a reader, then you're also have a curious mind. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's the thing I enjoy most about reading is coming upon a new idea or something that I didn't know or a new word and go, yeah. oh, you know, or something cultural that I didn't know about. And then it just kind of like, you know, the little firecrackers in your mind and go, oh, yeah. and then you're like, you know, want to go find out more about that. And so, yeah, I hope that um, these books can do that for other people, you know, because I think that's, that's the joy of reading, mm-hmm. you know, is <laughs> like, um, you know, it's not only armchair travel, but it's also kind of um, like continuing education. Yeah. You know, I think that if you're a curious mind, you learn all through your life, you know, and um, so, yeah. I agree completely. I think reading is just like the ultimate exercise in empathy. Like what better way to get to walk in someone else's shoes than to like read the story from their point of view. Like that can be such a beautiful experience if you're willing to let it be. Exactly. 
Yeah. So uh, Halloween, I have to say, my very favorite holiday. And like we've talked about pumpkins a little bit on social media before because I'm a really big pumpkin fan. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed seeing you incorporate that into book two uh, of the series, which is Calypso, Corpses, and Cooking. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really fun that cozies do incorporate seasons and holidays sometimes. So why did you choose Halloween for this book? So um, the first book kind of happens in late summer. And I knew I didn't want too much time to pass. And also, I too love Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, in Miami, it, we don't get a little crispness, which is a shame. Like, yeah. like the pumpkins that get delivered, <laughs> if you carve it, they already have mold on them in 24 oh, sure. hours. And they're like, <laughs> you know, kind of sad. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but so I, I was like, oh, let, let me do... Um, let me have it set during Halloween because that's also fun because, you know, uh, Manny is four years old, mm -hmm. uh, her son in the story. And I was like, oh, that's like the most fun time. And they get to dress up in the costume and they yeah. get to go trick or treating and so forth. But then, of course, it is a murder mystery. So I, I had to have <laughs> we had to have a, a, a couple of bodies uh -huh. happen, you know. And um, that was actually the first scene that came to me and helped me know that, yes, I, I'm definitely setting it in. Um, so it happens between Halloween and um, Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's the, the first scene, uh, the first time we encounter uh, the dead body is um, in her front yard um, in front of a tombstone mm -hmm. that has a funny saying on it. Um, but it's not funny, of course, that um, there's a dead woman in her front yard. Right. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Halloween uh, is, is a great atmosphere for cozy mysteries, in my opinion, uh, for lots of reasons, because cozies kind of have that, like, kind of fun, but also, like, kind of macabre vibe to them. So yes. it's just, like, it it's a great setting. And then, yeah, when Miriam was like, yeah, the graveyard in the front yard is not quite as fun <laughs> and charming as it exactly. was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So Miriam is on a YouTube cooking show in the series, which was really fun to read about. And the food that she makes is just absolutely mouthwatering. So what is your favorite dish that Miriam has made so far? So um, I have a recipe in Calypso Corpses and Cooking called Calablanza. No, now Calabasa is um, the Spanish name for a pumpkin, right? That's the pumpkin that we use in the Caribbean um, and uh, it is, uh, in English, they, I think they call it the West Indies um, pumpkin. We make a flan that has, that's made out of pumpkin. Um, I personally don't like the texture of it. I think the pumpkin kind of ruins the texture of the flan. Oh, gotcha. So I got to develop this recipe that had just the slightest little taste of pumpkin in it, but still had like the silky smooth of the flan in there. And so that was my favorite recipe that I developed. I love that she makes it. Um, that was the, that was the most fun um, to do, and I even made recipe cards out of it. And so maybe your listeners, uh, maybe we'll put something in the um, in the show notes, and yeah. they can get in touch with me, and I'll send them a recipe card because it's a really cute recipe card with that recipe in it. Oh my goodness, um, that would be so fun! Now the other part in it is that um, there's a Jamaican neighbor. And the Jamaican neighbor comes over and helps her um, cook a, a, a dish. And that was my, so that's my second 
favorite one is because I loved writing that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Jamaican neighbor. Um, she's kind of um, she's kind of no nonsense. Yeah, yeah, she's a great character. <laughs> you know, she's she kind of has a hard exterior, but she's like super soft inside, and I love her. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And yeah, we the recipe cards would be amazing. Um, I cannot cook to save my life. It's always like an utter disaster <laughs> every time <laughs> that I do. But my husband is, a, is an amazing cook. And that sounds like something that he would love to make that I would love to, <laughs> to eat. So Flan is so much easier than you think that it is. Uh-huh. It really, really is super easy. The trick is you really should have a flan mold because okay. it, it seals. It's kind of a seal thing. And you have to do it in uh, Bon Marie, which is the a steam bath, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 easier than you think it is, and it makes a um, you know, if you have a dinner party and you bring out that flan with the, the caramel dripping off the side, you know, yeah. it makes an impression. So, oh yeah, I encourage people to try the recipe. Okay, yeah, we'll for sure try it. I'll have to order uh, some of the flan molds because that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. So cozies are just such a wonderful niche genre, and I'm always curious to know what what got people into reading and writing cozies. So how did you get started with cozies? So um, I'm an only child, and I spent my summers, um, I was, the library was my friend. Mm-hmm. So I remember, um, like, reading Agatha Christie novels. Yeah. And I kind of liked them, you know, but also the many of the ones that I had were set in England uh-huh. and, you know, kind of this uh, different world than I was seeing, you know, in my my regular life. Mm-hmm. But she led me. I, I feel like they were like together on the bookshelf, but they aren't because, you know, Agatha Christie is C and Elizabeth Peters is P. But uh-huh. in my head, they were right. Right, right. So like when I finished reading Agatha Christie. I went to Elizabeth Peters and the Elizabeth Peter ones, um, of course, she has the whole Egyptology series. Um, But then there were a couple that were like art history, which was also my favorite thing. I mean, I've always been interested in cultures. And and so um, I just felt like, oh, I love this. Like Mm -hmm. you get to talk about all these other things while having a puzzle involved. Yeah. So, So that to me, that Elizabeth Peters really brought me into the the kind of traditional mystery and cozy mystery. Well, I did appreciate Agatha Christie. The how about the decoration uh-huh. that was in Agatha Christie's didn't interest me as much as what Elizabeth Peters did because hers are so steeped in talking about the cultures. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love uh, that you can kind of like travel while reading books and experience different cultures and I feel like you can't do that in any genre as well as you can with cozies because cozies do just dive into descriptions of food of recipes of locations like more so than any other genres do or crafts I love craft cozies too yeah you know I think craft cozies are great Mm -hmm. for a while there were some craft cozies that I mean there's a lot of um Uh, fiber arts that's what I want to say you know knitting crocheting all those other things Uh for a while there were there were a couple of cozy craft cozies that were like really super unusual like pottery I think there was a miniature series um yeah I mean I just think about I I'm I'm pushing for the craft cozy to come back yeah and it'd be like 
like different crafts. Like think about like all of these wonderful, like, well, you know, I'm on TikTok because you've seen my TikTok. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> or, or like on Instagram too. There's all of these um, wonderful creatives and artists who are doing these small businesses, mm-hmm. you know, out of their um, spare room or out of, out of their kitchen for that fact that have all these interesting little crafts that they do. And um, so I want to see that. I'm putting that out there to all the agents Yes. <laughs> listening. That's what we need. I love that. I want to read that. I want some of those. I agree. Cause I, I also love craft cozies, but I'm allergic to, to yarn, like every kind of yarn I've oh. ever tried. I'm allergic to. Um, so yeah, I haven't been able to like do any of the, the, um, not recipes, the but patterns. And yeah. The, the patterns, patterns in the so back. Forth, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, I live in a very hot and humid place, so no, I I just cannot have any. <laughs> you don't want to knit a scarf. Like, I, see, I see sweaters, and I'm like, that's lovely. I will wear that one day out of the year, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I I support that. Like more different kinds of craft cozies would be amazing. Yeah, and I love I love that you know there's a cozy for everyone. That's the great <laughs> thing about our genre, right? I there's agree. a cozy for everyone and everyone's likes mm-hmm. you know um and uh there's, there's a couple of really fun ones that have come out recently um that like olivia black's uh happens in a um yeah. a record store i love that i have vinyl i love that um you know there's a new one coming out cj connor he's uh that happens in a um yes. a game store you know mm-hmm. like board games i'm like oh yeah that's great you know lots and lots of, lots and lots of fun stuff yeah, I agree. I I love CJ's book. Um, I I just read an advanced copy of it, and it's set uh, in Salt Lake City, like where I live. So oh, it's nice. yeah, it's really fun to be like, oh, there's a a book set in Utah, and it's about board games. Like that's very unique. <laughs> yeah. See, exactly for you. There's exactly. a cozy for everybody. Exactly, yes. exactly. When people tell me they don't like cozies, I'm like, okay, well, what genre do you like? And I promise I can find a cozy that you'll like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's just finding the right ones and then you get hooked. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned earlier your next book comes out in November. So it's Barbacoa, Bomba, and Betrayal. It sounds like so much fun. Uh, can you tell us anything that we can expect in that novel? Sure, we take a trip in that novel. <laughs> so the first two happen in um, a, a, a enclave within Miami, a little village within the city of Miami. And the third book, uh, she gets a, and I'm not giving anything away by telling you this. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. even on the back. Right. Uh, Robert surprises her with um, airplane tickets for her and Manny to go to the Dominican Republic and visit her mom and dad. Awesome. And yeah. And I mean, because I was always like, oh, we've got so much of Robert's family. We Mm -hmm. need her family. Even though like, you know, she talks to them on the phone and they video and all of that stuff. Still, I really wanted them to have that. So she goes there. But Robert being the terrible communicator that he is, (laughs) um, is like, 
assumes that she knows everything that's going on at her workplace and read all of her emails over the holiday break, which she didn't. And oh no, you can only be there with your mom for like two or three days because you've actually got to go film a special, a Three Kings Day special in Puerto Rico. So she leaves Manny with his abuelos Uh in the Dominican Republic, hops on a plane, does a little jump over to Puerto Rico. And so the main part of the story happens in old San Juan, Puerto Rico during Three Kings Day, which is like one of the best times in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico really, really celebrates the holidays. The holidays go on until the middle of January. So it's not like just at Christmas. Oh, it's, you know, the, you know, December 25th, let's take the tree down tomorrow. No, not at all. (laughs) This things just start get going then, you know, so um, I have a lot of fun with that. And I had lived in Puerto Rico and Uh um, I married, uh, I met my spouse there and, and, and um, I love Puerto Rico. I love Puerto Rico. And so I was really, really happy that I got to write this story set there. Yeah, that's amazing. And I have to say that uh, a book set in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic coming out in November sounds amazing. Like when it's <laughs> dumping snow here, I will happily be reading a book. Oh yeah, there's no Puerto snow. Rico. There's no snow in my story. You will definitely feel the sun. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait. And it is, like we've said, just so fun to travel through books. So I I can't wait for that one. And can you tell us anything about what you're working on now? Well, I'm working on book four and I won't be giving any spoilers away, but we're we're definitely back in Miami for book four. Um, And and then I'm always working on short stories. Um, I've got a couple of short stories that are coming out. I'm really looking forward to Balshacon this year. Uh-huh. I'm really happy that Calypso Corpses and Cooking was nominated for Best Humorous Award at the, of an Anthony at Balshacon. So I'll awesome. be out there supporting uh, supporting my book there. Um, and um, two of the um, best anthologies that are out there, I have stories in that. So um, I I really just happy about um, being able to write short stories and um, that people are reading them. Um, I, I love yeah. a, a short story. I highly suggest that that people give anthologies a try mm-hmm. because um, it's sometimes where you fall in love with your next favorite author. Yeah. You know, because most most short story um, writers are also writing full length novels, but writing a short story is a nice little break. And I love a short story because it's the perfect size right before you go to bed. You know, you get a beginning, yeah. middle and end and it's wrapped up and yeah. That's awesome. I I love anthologies. Um, what's the name of the anthologies that you're going to be in, if you can tell us? Okay, so um, I was just in one called Paranoia Blues, where all of the stories are inspired by Paul Simon songs. Okay. Um, my, mine is, it was inspired by a musical. Did you know Paul Simon did a musical on Broadway? No. Anyway, he did. It's a very interesting musical, and my story is called um, The Vampires. Um, I also have a story in um, the Balshakan anthology, which is Balshakan last year, um, which is um, the land of, t- of, of 10,000 thrills. So like, because it was set in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And so that one was fun to write. Um, upcoming, I have a, um, a story coming out on another music themed 
um, which is an Elvis Costello themed anthology, oh, wow. which I'm super excited about. I don't have the pub date for that one yet. And then um, I've got one other, and it's going to be called Lawless Heart, I believe, is the name of that anthology, which will probably be coming out um, uh, beginning of next year. So fun stuff ahead. You know, check out anthologies. They're yeah. they're super fun. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to check out these anthologies. And also congratulations, by the way, on your nomination. That's awesome. I was very, I was, I, I, you know, when you get that email, it's such a delight um, mm -hmm. because um, it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, as, as authors, we're, we kind of um, live in our little caves exactly. and our little, <laughs> you know, looking at our screen and our, and our keyboard. So um, that was really great to have that um, recognition. I'm very, yeah. very thankful. Absolutely. And the people who are in my category are amazing. I just love every single one of the people who is in my category. That's so neat. Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you. I'll be rooting for oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> of course. I'm excited to see uh, how it all goes. I'm sure you'll post about it on social media. Yes, absolutely. And then in July, I have um, SleuthFest, which I'm a co-chair for SleuthFest, oh, which cool. is um, a uh, conference that happens here in South Florida. It's put on by the Florida Mystery Writers of America chapter. And we have um, all kinds of wonderful uh, workshops and it goes on for four days. Wow. And um, yeah, a lot of fun. So check that out too, sleuthfest.com and, and uh, learn about that. That's so neat. There's so many great conferences coming out now for, for mysteries and cozy mysteries. I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we did mention your social media a little bit. I think you do an amazing job with social media. I love watching your TikToks that you make particularly. So do you have any advice for other writers on how to use utilize social media effectively? You know, you have to love it mm -hmm. or then it becomes a task and that's yeah. no fun. So I'm doing the things that I enjoy. So I'm making... Um, the the work part of it pleasurable you know what i mean uh -huh. um you'll in my tiktoks um sometimes i'm talking about personal stuff that happened in my, myself in, as in my writer life sometimes i'm giving um kind of book recommendations not reviews i'm just recommending books that i've enjoyed or books from authors that i know uh -huh. um, i try to um focus on uh one the things that i I come across in my, my daily life, like on my Instagram, um, I think if you go through it, sometimes you'll see some um, street art and murals and so forth. You know, I live in Miami, which has some great um, street art. And um, so sometimes I'll drive by and I go, oh, I see that. And I take a picture of it and I put it up there. Um, I uh, always take pictures of food. Uh -huh. so you'll definitely see pictures of food um, on my Instagram feed, you know, um, I just find that those were the things that I would do normally. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that makes it authentic. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's how you open and have conversations. You know, I am all about these conversations and, and, you know, if, if you're um, being authentic with um, what you put out there on social media, um, I think it shows, it does. you know, I think, you know, viewers are savvy, you know, they, they, can tell and they, you know, see through um, people who are doing something just because they think it's going to um, get likes or get a hit or something mm -hmm. like that. And um, yeah, so just, you have to do what you're comfortable with because it should be fun. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. I think uh, the reason that I enjoy your social media so much is because it does feel so genuine and authentic. Um, so it makes me want to keep watching it. It's it's delightful when people do that. And I do agree that social media has to be something that you enjoy. Like you don't have to be on every single social media platform. Like find one that you really enjoy and can have fun with. Um, otherwise, it just gets to be so, so overwhelming. Right. And, you know, um, I was on Twitter for a long time, and mm-hmm. but I wasn't on Twitter to interact with potential readers uh-huh. i was on twitter really acting interacting with my peers because right. there was a you know there was a huge writer community there and agents and publishers and just you know that was the great thing about that and so that was kind of separate from then what i would do on instagram because instagram is really about let me show you all the beauty that is in Miami, all the beauty that is in my books that mm-hmm. I talk about, the cultures that I love and so forth, you know, exactly. and um, that those you do have to decide which of those things you want to put your energy because, you know, <laughs> we're not getting paid to be on social media. Right. So you should definitely do it because you enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And I will say um, for readers who have started Raquel's books or who are going to start Raquel's books but haven't looked at her Instagram account, I feel like it's a very uh, great way to kind of immerse yourself more in the stories and what she's telling you in the stories because you just get to see, you visually get to see it on Instagram. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to, um, yeah, you're getting the authentic me. So sometimes you might have something that talks about social justice or maybe a not so pleasant piece of history that I bring up. But then it's also very much balanced with this wonderful other joyous thing. Yeah. Because um, those, you know, all of these things exist at the same time. And um, we have to be um, unafraid to look at those realities. Exactly. And say these two things exist at the same time. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that answer. That's perfect. So before we sign off today, do you want to just let our listeners know how they can connect with you online? I know we've mentioned your social media, but I don't think we've mentioned your handles yet. Um, and then also mm-hmm. how they can keep up to date on all your book releases. Sure. I am Latina Sleuths over all of social media. So you can find me on even Facebook as Latina Sleuths. I don't post as much there, but you mm-hmm. absolutely can find me there. Latina Sleuths. Instagram, Latina Sleuth, TikTok. Um, And then if you want to keep up with me, please, please join my newsletter. Just go to my website, latinasleuth.com, and you'll see a newsletter right there. Just click on it, add your name to it. Um, I send out a newsletter once a month, and um, I always give away um, a book or something writerly on there. So um, it's, uh, it's, uh, you get something out of it. And then you get to find out about me. I also talk about, I, I love audiobooks. So um, I also um, recommend audiobooks that I've mm-hmm. read. So yeah, lots of fun stuff in my newsletter. Awesome. Well, Raquel, this has been so wonderful. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I'm such a fan of your books. So it's been it's been a treat for me just to to get to chat with you today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. This has been wonderful. 
Of course, thank you. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back with another episode of Get Cozy Podcast soon, so stay tuned. All right, my cozy friends, Raquel Reyes is just so sweet, and she has offered to send anyone who's interested a recipe card like we talked about earlier, as well as some swag. So if you just want to send an email to latinasleuths at gmail.com and let her know that you listened to this episode and would like your recipe card, she will get those mailed out to you. So thanks so much again, Raquel, for being willing to do that. That is so, so very kind. And again, listeners, you'll want to email latinasleuths at gmail.com. That's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy reading and stay cozy.